Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch the season premiere of Grey's Anatomy tonight at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. You are about to hear the most interesting, informative, thought-provoking, opinion-leading, and funny show in America, on air and on the World Wide Web. This is The Rob Carson Show. It is The Rob Carson Show, and here is the number. It is uh, 800-922-6680, There is much on the plate. I suggest we begin eating. I already served up an appetizer. Okay, I've had enough of the food thing. <laughs> Last hour was the appetizer. This is the main course. Dessert coming next hour. <laughs> uh, by the way, if you want to vote in a Newsmax national poll, uh, who would you like to see as the VP for Donald Trump? All you got to do is just uh, go to, uh, well, just text uh, event, the word E-V-E-N-T, to 39747. And you can choose who you want, who's that going to be. Is it going to be Christy Nome? Is it going to be uh, Rana Sanders? Is it going to be Vivek Ramaswamy? Uh, anyway, just uh, text uh, event to 39747. Donald Trump is a big fan of Newsmax. He listens to Newsmax uh, viewers. He considers me to be the funniest man on TV. I know, I know. It's crazy, right? Yeah, I know. You're all going, what the hell is wrong with him? No, no, my show's actually pretty darn funny. Uh, anyway, so uh, just do that. The event to 39747, okay? So... Um, the uh, uh, Albanian prime minister was on stage uh, when uh, Tony Blinken visited Albania last week. Did you hear about this? And they had a press conference uh, with the, uh, the prime minister there, and they're standing there on the, uh, on the stage, and the prime minister starts to rip on the United States of America like, uh, like Tony Blinken isn't even there because uh, things are so crappy and, and this country is so disrespected worldwide. Here's what the, uh, the prime minister of Albania said about the United States with Tony Blinken standing right there. To, to have a take on the American Congress and Senate, I think I should not go there because let's say that the American politics nowadays is not at its best. Yeah, um, I'm over here. I'm Tony Blinken. Uh, you thought you should know. And, the, you know, our policies aren't the best. Uh, but I'm right here. But uh, one thing I can say, I had the privilege to be Prime Minister of Albania in NATO. When the former president was, uh, he's talking about Donald Trump. Was there, and uh, despite the rhetoric, despite uh, the colorful way to confront uh, adversaries. Yeah, because he, he speaks the truth and he's bombastic and he doesn't take any crap. I don't see that NATO was weakened. On the contrary, what was uh, decided before continued to be the case. Every country continued to, to uh, put more money and to put more effort in increasing the NATO budget. Yeah, there you go. That's what Donald Trump said. He said, hey, man, you know what? If you're not going to contribute to NATO, uh, then we're not going to protect you anymore. How's that sound? And, and there's the guy from Albania saying, yeah, he was cool with that. 
And, and yet the, the Democrats are now saying that Donald Trump, Donald Trump is, is saying that, that Russia could just crush any NATO country because, you know, because they don't pay their dues and all that. Well, you know, uh, first of all, Russia doesn't have the military to go after any other countries because they get their hands tied in Ukraine. And so that's nonsense. But here, here's Hillary Clinton talking to uh, uh, Christian Amonboa. And she says that Donald Trump is a dictator. Can Ukraine survive another year? Will the United States step up? And will the United States... Now, this is a woman who got uh, hundreds of millions of dollars from Russian oligarchs into her uh, global initiative, which never did anything for anybody, and was shut down immediately after she lost the 2016 election. Uh, she also paid millions of dollars for a dossier to Russian intel officials to, uh, to uh, throw the 2016 election. And she was even working with the FBI, and now we know the CIA. Continued to be uh, a leader of NATO, given uh, former President Trump's recent comments. You know, President Biden said this week, supporting this bill, the one for foreign aid and military, is standing up to Putin, opposing it is uh, playing into Putin's hands. Yes. What? I mean, you're a former senator. <laughs> you know, the senator... Don't forget, Hillary's also a happy American grandma. Uh, the uh, the acronym for that is H-A-G, happy American grandma. It came kicking and screaming, but they passed it, but the House hasn't passed right. it. Where do you think, you know, in the political realm, this is going to go? Well, one thing I know for sure, yeah, okay. if this bill yeah. from the Senate were ever put on the floor of the House, yes. it would pass. Talking about the aid bill without the border stuff that they lied about in the first bill. It would pass uh, overwhelmingly because the people who are preventing it, starting with the uh, Speaker, uh, Mike Johnson, hero, um, are not doing America's business. They're doing Donald Trump's business. And why is Donald Trump so enamored of Putin? Well, part of it is he's a wannabe dictator. He has told us that repeatedly. He even said... Wow, I just can't take it anymore. Nobody will challenge this woman on all of the, the, the bloodbath of history that she has caused with her, uh, her absolute corruption. It's like it, nobody even challenges her. You know, she, she created Russia collusion with John Brennan. Nobody challenges her. They still go to her for interviews. So that's why CNN's ratings are so terrible, by the way. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, and then we got uh, the president of the United States, and, and to add everything that, you know, to injury, uh, the president of the United States, everybody knows his brain isn't working. It's very obvious. Uh, you would not give Joe Biden your car keys if your kids were in a car seat in the back of the car to go to daycare. You wouldn't, would you? You, you wouldn't let Joe Biden uh, babysit your toddler while you went out to dinner. You wouldn't do that. And yet, He's got the keys to the nuclear football. Here he is last week. L listen to this. I guess I should clear my mind here a little bit and not say what I'm really thinking. But let me be clear. Yeah. Yeah, that's the president of the United States. And, and the media is telling you. Everything the media tells you is suspect. I mean, you've known this for a while, but now it's like, I mean, dear God, painfully obvious. Painfully obvious. This is Kevin McCarthy. I don't remember heard this. Kevin McCarthy did an interview a couple weeks ago, and here's what he said about meeting with Joe Biden. I did not negotiate the debt ceiling with Biden. I could not negotiate the debt ceiling with Biden. What do you he mean? Could, Explain that. He talked from cards. 
give me, I'll give you a couple of examples. If I wanted to talk work requirements, if I wanted to talk what we would cut, if I wanted to talk NEPA reform, if I wanted to talk, he's, if it's not on the card, we're not talking about it. If you're the president of the United States and Israel goes to war and you put a lid on it, what happens in the next couple months could send us into World War III and the leader of the free world says there's a lid. I don't care what party you're in. If you can't speak, if you can't deliver in any given moment at the minute a president, then you and the family have to have that discussion that it's not the best time for you. Yeah. It, and it's obvious, and everybody gets it. And the more that the the media uh, continues this lie, the more we expose how absolutely fraudulent you are, they are. Because nobody believes it anymore. This is uh, Debbie Debbie Dingle. I believe she got married, so I think it's Debbie. Uh, the guy's name is Barry Dingle Barry. Debbie Dingle Barry. She uh, her husband passed away, and uh, he was in Congress for 150 years, and now she's in Congress. And and Debbie Dingle Barry, she says that Joe Biden's brain is fine. And I also am sick and tired of everybody talking about his age. When you listen, look at the age. It's not age. It's not age. It's dementia. Which is only a couple of years younger. Who's got 91 uh, felony counts against him and goes on rants that make no sense. The one that he... Oh, no, actually, he's a brilliant speaker. I watch his rallies from front to back. He's awesome. He's really funny, too. Would you acknowledge, though, that President Trump presents as somebody that is fully with it, that has all the energy, despite the age? And we all know that people age at a different rate. Look, I've been with him. Yes, I can tell you. When I spent eight hours with him, you know me, Dana, I had very direct, blunt conversation about every issue there was to discuss in Michigan. He was engaged fully on it. And And he only acts like he has dementia in public. You should know that. He (laughs) he only he only acts like he has dementia in public to to throw us off. Right. I mean, isn't that kind of kind of what it is? Yeah. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense, does it? No, not one little bit. Uh, it's, it, in fact, I would venture to say it's uh, absolutely ridiculous that anybody would even say something, but they think you're stupid and, and you quite simply are not anymore. No, you're not. You're not. Meanwhile, the southern border is open. Griff Jenkins was at the border and uh, asked a bunch of people near San Diego uh, where they're from. Remember when it was just, uh, you know, brown people coming across the southern border to pick our crops. That's what Democrats, that's the American dream to Democrats. Come across the southern border and pick our crops for us. That's, that's, put a leaf blower on your back. There you go. That's all we need right there. <laughs> well, it isn't that anymore. No, no, no. It's much more terrifying, and you should be concerned about it. And you are. Because it's people from China and Syria. Here's the audio. Where are you from? Syria. 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 Uh, what's your name? Milad. Milad. I know what my name is. Why'd you come to the U.S.? Uh, why coming to U.S.? No. Oh, he could say what his name was and everything, and hi, how you doing? But why are you coming here? Suddenly, doesn't speak any English. English. Okay. Yeah. There you go. Where are you from? From Syria. 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 Syria yeah. English. So so. Why are you coming to the English? So so. Yeah. U.S. Why come? Because we uh, we love America. Yeah, we love America. We wanna we wanna tear it down and destroy it and kill everybody. Uh, we need uh, a nice style, a nice life. 
Yeah, go back to Syria and make it uh, into something other than the third world hellhole. In fact, actually, take a copy of the Constitution with you and show them how we did it. Yeah, coming uh, for jobs? Yeah, a nice job, a nice, uh, because uh, our country uh, is a hellhole. Uh, very weird. Which yeah, here's Corinne Jean-Pierre when she was asked about all the Chinese nationals coming across the border. Uh, and, and listen to her answer. She couldn't even talk. More than 20,000 Chinese migrants have illegally crossed the southern border in 2024. And the vast majority, according to the National Border Patrol Council president, have been single men of, of military age. What kind of national security issue is this, given China's hacking of U.S. infrastructure, the uh, spying? And the whole COVID thing that they created in the lab and we helped pay for it and then it destroyed our economy and, and at least two of my kids complete uh, education. They do in the other direction. Yeah. So look, we take that very seriously, what's happening at the border, everybody. Okay, here comes the deep, deep, deep. Uh, we try to uh, make sure that, deep. Um, uh, deep, uh, deep. you know, as it, deep, as deep, it deep. relates to um, uh, unlawful unlawful uh, crossings uh, we certainly uh, do everything i think it's time for a, a montage welcome my fellow americans i want to thank you for choosing us video of the suspect in that nypd officer beating he was just arrested in a separate macy's robbery case the suspects are in the country illegally believing that america is worthy of your aspirations Those two men walk inside Police say they helped steal $2,000 worth of merchandise, both from Venezuela, and police say both entered the U.S. illegally. Huh. Every immigrant comes from America from different circumstances and for different reasons. Organized teams out of South America have been hitting high-end homes out west and now have made their home right here. In our area, they are targeting jewelry, precious metals, high-end items such as... And the Congress isn't doing anything about the border. It should be a standalone bill. It should pass unanimously. But it isn't even on the table. Purses. But you all have one thing in common. The courage it takes to sacrifice and make this journey. The courage to leave your homes, your lives, your loved ones, and come to a nation that is more than just a place, but rather an idea. If you are smart enough, you will know who I am. But soon you're going to know who I am. Yeah, so welcome, my friends. Welcome, my fellow Americans. Welcome. Yeah. No. Uh-uh. We're done. We've always been a nation of immigrants, but we've never been a nation of this. We have never been. And everybody knows what it's about. It's about taking down our country, and we're done with it. Let's take a break and come back. Rick, you hold on. You will be next when you hear what they're paying illegals in, uh, in Massachusetts versus what you survive on every day with your kids. Uh, you're going to be a little hacked. That's coming up. This is the Rob Carson Show. The Rob Carson Show podcast is everywhere. Go to Newsmax.com slash listen for details. So Gavin Newsom has extended free health care to 700,000 illegal immigrants despite the record budget deficit in California. I say send every one of them. I would like to see every state in the country that is a uh, Republican state send every illegal to California. 100%. Why the heck not? They are a sanctuary state, and if you can't provide the health care uh, or whatnot, you just send them to California because they got plenty of money, apparently. Yeah, 
Yeah. California became the first state to expand Medicaid to include all illegal immigrants residing in the state, flooding the state's Medicaid program, Medi-Cal, with as many as 700,000 illegal immigrants despite a $68 billion state budget deficit. There you go. What a good job. What a good job that Gavin Newsom is, is uh, doing as the, uh, as the governor of, uh, of California. No, he's, he's destroying it. And uh, they keep electing him, so I don't even care. I'm sorry for uh, all of my uh, my listeners at uh, uh, in in lovely California, and uh, I'm sorry that you, that the, this governor is doing this to you. I'm sorry that Democrat voters are doing this to you. I'm sorry that liberal mayors are doing this to you. It's sad and pathetic. California uh, could be uh, you know it is Eden, but they're making it into hell. Enrollment in the Medicaid program has skyrocketed to the point that the program covered one in four Americans in 2022, according to the nonpartisan CBO, which is honestly a bunch of crap. 2022 federal spending on Medicaid was $592 billion, a shocking 45% increase from 2019 spending levels and a 123% increase in 2013 spending levels of $265 billion. And we're $35 billion in debt. Isn't that funny? Let's go to Rick in Parkville. Hello there, Rick. Welcome to the Rob Carson Show. What's on your mind today? Are you there, my friend? I guess Rick is gone. That's okay. That is okay. I played a little bit of this uh, yesterday. We'll get to it in a second. I want you to listen to this, though. The Lankford-McConnell immigration bill, which, by the way, has ended the career of uh, Senator Lankford uh, and McConnell, by the way, uh, provided $7 billion to keep the border open and the human pipeline into the U.S. cranking away. McConnell-Lankford provided $7 billion for NGOs and local governments to process illegal aliens faster. Yeah, and they just took it out of the bill altogether. Now they're not even dealing with the border. They just let it, they're just letting it be open, and they are abusing you and me. So uh, it was going to continue. Uh, the Biden administration's disastrous policies for facilitating le- illegal migration with taxpayer funds, contractors, non-government uh, organizations, and state local agencies that provide housing, transportation, medical care, and others uh, services, even uh, foreign governments. It's all our money. There you go. All of that. And listen to this in Massachusetts. Massachusetts gave $116 million in contracts, million dollars in contracts to house migrants through June. The state has 17 contracts, totaling $116 million to house migrant families through June, including a no-bid $10 million contract for a company providing meals. The state is paying hotels, uh, pay, pay, staying, paying people, I should say, staying in hotels for free, $64 per person each day for meals, including, per person, $16 for breakfast, $17 for lunch, $31 for dinner, for illegals in a free hotel room. Yeah, yeah. Last August, Massachusetts Governor Maura Healey declared a state of emergency. The state had 20,000 migrants in the shelter system. And then, and then they took away a kid's shelter in, uh, in Boston. Yeah. By the way, uh, there was uh, one vendor, Spinelli Ravioli Manufacturing in East Boston, was awarded a $10 million six-month no-bid contract to provide and deliver meals. What could you eat on $64 a day times 30? What is that? Uh, $1,800 a month? Could you imagine how well your family would eat on $1,800 a month? <laughs> you wouldn't even have to have two jobs. It would be crazy. Oh, my God. That is just nuts. Yeah, $64 a day. 
17 what, $16 for breakfast. You can go to McDonald's and get an Egg McMuffin and a coffee for 5 Well, it depends on where you live now. 17 for lunch and $31 for dinner. Family of four gets 120 bucks for dinner alone every single day. That would be 64 times 4 is $252 a day to feed a family of four. Right now, if you're lucky, you got $254 a week for groceries. But that's what they're paying illegals in this country. I told you, the federal government has already broken up with you. You just haven't uh, been made aware of it yet. They've already moved on. They didn't even send you a text, leave you a note or nothing. Let's take a break and come back. Much more on this and uh, and a uh, pastor that really ticked off Democrats in the House of Representatives. That's on the way. This is The Rob Carson Show. A lot of the times when we think about bettering ourselves, we think of going on a diet, exercising. What about your brain? I'm kind of tired of scrolling through TV shows, finding nothing but mind-numbing content. That's why I decided to take a course from Hillsdale College. You can learn about the works of C.S. Lewis, the stories of the Book of Genesis, the meaning of the U.S. Constitution, the rise and fall of the Roman Republic, or the history of the ancient Christian church with Hillsdale College's online courses available for free. That's right, free. I personally recommend you sign up for American citizenship and its decline with Victor Davis Hanson. I think you know how I feel about Victor Davis Hanson. He is marvelous. In this eight-lecture course, Dr. Hanson explores the history of citizenship in the West, threats like the erosion of the middle class, the disappearance of our borders, the growth of unaccountable deep state, and the rise of globalist organizations. Right now, you can go to hillsdale.edu slash newsmax to start. Go to hillsdale.edu slash Newsmax. It's free. It's easy to get started. That's hillsdale.edu slash Newsmax. Hillsdale.edu slash Newsmax. Just got a note uh, from, I'll just leave the name out of it. Hey, Rob, I'm 68 years old. Biden cut my SNAP disability from $282 to $90 a month. $30 a day for food. Bread is $5. Bleep Joe Biden, Ukraine invaders. I have no sympathy for them. That's why I support the trucker convoy, among other things. This is new from Jim Gossett about what's going on in New York City. This here's the maggot duck. You got a copy of me, big man? Come on! Yeah, we're making this little detour past the Big Apple, if you know what I mean, good buddy. <laughs> yeah, we definitely got the front door. Mercy's sakes alive. Looks like we got us a Trump convoy. Come on! Truck drivers are mad because it's really sad what New York did to Trump. So we got together, held bent for leather, and vowed to stay out of that dump. Oh, my goodness. New York will never see my rig. I'm staying out of that town. It's a safe bet that we won't go back till Letitia James goes down. We got a great big convoy joining our boycott. Come on! New York City will never see anything we got. Come on and join our convoy. Let's make New York pay. We won't drive our truck there. We're going to stay away. Convoy. Oh, my we'll goodness. We'll get flip-flop, big pen. This here's the maggot <laughs> duck. Over and out. <laughs> That is fantastic. Oh, my God. That is new from Jim Gossett. He just sent me that a couple of minutes ago. Oh, my goodness. That is epic. 
That is just epic. I, I, I definitely, you want to tune in the podcast today after the show. If you want to hear it again, I might play it again before the end of the show. Uh, Newsmax.com slash listen. Wow. Wow. Trucker convoy, in case you didn't know, there are truckers saying they're not going to deliver to New York City anymore. And it's spreading into different companies. And because of this, uh, this $500 million judgment, Donald Trump has to come up with $500 million just to appeal the, the awful decision by a partisan judge and a politicized uh, AG, half a billion dollars. And so truckers are saying, all right, well, we just won't deliver goods to uh, New York anymore. If they're going to put these kind of people in power. Then, uh, then you know what? Why should we? Uh, why should we uh, allow the hand that? Uh, why, why should we feed the hand that bites us? There you go. How about that? <laughs> Let's go to Rick in Parkville. He's back. Rick, welcome to the show. What's on your mind, man? Thank you, Rob. you uh, I always say, get Carson. That's my motto. He's great. Anyway, a couple points here about Hillary Clinton. Uh, I don't know. You you probably heard of this. There was a, a, a deal she transacted with Putin. She referred to Putin as Hitler about selling 20% of our uranium to Russia. And she also encouraged, if she would have been in power in the White House, to at least uh, let, I think, 150,000 illegal immigrants in. She encouraged that. What do you think mm-hmm. about that? Well, I'm not sure about that, but I am familiar with the Uranium One deal she signed off while she was the Secretary of State, and consequently, Russian oligarchs put hundreds of millions of dollars into her uh, Clinton Global Initiative, which did nothing for anyone, by the way, and which collapsed after she lost the election. We also know that Hillary Clinton paid millions of dollars for the Steele dossier to a member of Russian intelligence to create a story that would make it look like uh, Donald Trump was colluding with Russia when, in fact, she had... All right. So uh, uh, Hillary Clinton, when Donald Trump said something, if I were in charge, you'd be in jail. He was right. He knew all of this. He knew that Hillary Clinton was working with Russia. He knew that John Brennan, the CIA, created Russia collusion to cover up for Joe Biden's illegality and Hillary Clinton's actual ties to Russia. And I said from day one that Russia never wanted Donald Trump to be president because he was a hawk on defense. He was an America first uh, candidate. He was an outsider. And Hillary Clinton had already been bought and paid for. It should have been very obvious to anyone who had half a brain on day one. Go ahead. These are all these are all treasonous to me, and and this is sad. This sad commentary here. Uh, this scoundrel we have in the White House. I hope when Trump gets in there, that uh, are you still there? Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. Okay. I hope when he gets in, Lord willing, that he will go after these people, and it'll be threefold, brother, on on all this. It'll be threefold for what they've done to this good man. That's going yeah. to, we're going to rise above this, and thank you for all your hard work. Yeah, thank yeah, you. I'm with you. Here, here's what Donald Trump, this is what Donald Trump is saying, and this is what I am hoping for when he becomes the president again. Justice will only be done when we have thrown this repulsive political class the hell out of office. We have to get him out. In 2016, I declared, I am your voice. And now I say to you again tonight, I am your warrior. I am your justice. And I took a lot of heat for this one, but I only mean it in the proper way. 
For those who have been wronged and betrayed, of which there are many people out there that have been wronged and betrayed, I am your retribution. We will take care of it. There you go. That's what I want, Rick. How about you, bro? Oh, he's beautiful. You know, I love the love him as a man and his lovely wife and that family. And he does that sound like a politician? No, it sounds like a statesman, our yep. leader, and we follow him. And brother, you keep the good work up because we're going to right this ship. I, Amen, brother. Dude, no doubt at all, Rick. We've got to overwhelm them with joy and patriotism. And then we've got to do things like what the truckers are doing. Because we don't have to, uh, we don't have to be bitten by the hand. You know, how was the word? I, here's the expression I came up with. I just put it on Twitter. I said, uh, uh, they're biting the hand that feeds them. Is that, yeah, whatever. Yeah. It, 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 it's so beautiful. It makes me want to cry that this, this man, I'm not only angered, I'm irate what they're doing to him. And I yeah, pray, I'm, brother, I try to get this anger and hate out of my heart. I know. They, they, they push me. They push me to the brink, you know. There, there's a time for forgiveness and there's a time for wrath, Rick. And, uh, and as far as I'm concerned, I'm down with wrath right now. And I'm not talking about anything violent. I'm talking about people being held accountable for the bull crap they put us through. And, you so, know, Rick, the, working man, the working man and woman of this country will right this ship in a great way. And they're already doing it. They're already doing it. I'm proud of them. Amen, brother. Thanks for, the, uh, thanks for the phone call. Yeah, we don't have to feed the hand that bites us. That's what I said on Twitter this morning. I couldn't remember what the hell I said. <laughs> the politics of immigration have shifted as chaos at the border persists, according to a pollster who says black voters in particular are slipping away from President Biden. Well, they're slipping away from the Democrat Party because now they see, after 60, 80, 100 years of Democrat rule in some cities, that the Democrat Party has only made things worse for them, and they've been used. They've been used every single time. A Pew study shows 45% of Americans see the border as a crisis. 32% call it a major problem. Uh, Trump is now, uh, uh, in 2020, Mr. Trump in office, and the border largely calmed. 34% of people told Gallup they wanted the level of migration to increase. 28% wanted to cut it. Last year, 26% wanted increases. 41% wanted a decrease. Now it's much worse, and now people of color in cities like Baltimore realize how little the deep state Democrat Party cares about them. They don't. And, and in, in, uh, in, for instance, say, for instance, in, uh, in Boston, e- the people who, honestly, listen, there were some illegals sent to Martha's Vineyard, a plain fo- load of illegals sent to Martha's Vineyard about a year ago. They stayed there about a day, and they were sent summarily to a military base. But what they do is now that they, they take from the people who have the least. Roxbury's Melnia A. Cass Recreational Community Center, which was once a meeting place for Little League ballplayers, volleyball games, and other sports and community events, now has been dedicated to rows of cots for illegal border crossers. You know why? Because they're getting a bleep ton of money from the federal government. These NGOs are getting $20,000 a bed for a tent per month in New York City. They're getting rich. And while they're getting rich, they're kicking kids out. Thanks to Biden and Boston Mayor Michelle Wu, the chiefly black community center has lost the facility that was once the center of the community. Roxbury is 57% black, 30% Latino, 6% white in a neighborhood that has a median income far below Boston. Are you ready for it? Try to get along with $30,000 a year in Roxbury. Try to to live on $30,000 a year in Roxbury. 
Unbelievable. Here is an update from the uh, Roxbury Community Center. It's been two weeks since the Melnea Cash Recreational Community Center in Roxbury was converted into an emergency shelter for migrant families. Hundreds of beds now cover the indoor track and soccer fields where neighborhood children like 12-year-old Jeremiah Rodriguez wow. thought he had baseball practice this weekend. We usually practice. And what happened when you went here today? Uh, they were closed. Closed to the public as dozens of families are now living in the shelter who were at one point sleeping in Logan Airport. By the way, they put $500,000 into the shelter before they put the illegals in there. But they wouldn't spend the money on it when the black kids and the Hispanic kids were playing baseball there. No! As the state shelter system <laughs> wow. is stretched to the limit. Overall, it has been... That's Michelle Wu. She's the uh, Boston woo, woo, mayor. Uh, putting some pressure on the capacity of our system. It's okay to help, but I don't think... That's the place to do it because kids and family go and enjoy. As a community, voicing our opinion and our, our concerns for the youth center and the elderly programs going down there. And it just seemed like our voices weren't heard. In an effort to mobilize the community, activist Clifton Braithwaite held a neighborhood meeting at 1102 Blue Community Center in event space in Roxbury, where folks voiced their concerns. We wanted to give a, a clear message right. that you're taking away resources from not only from Boston or Massachusetts for illegal immigrants. Taken away from the people who can least afford it. I mean, I'm talking about kicking you while you're down, right? <laughs> I mean, wow. This is so tone deaf. Dear God in heaven, this is so bloody tone deaf. It's not even funny. Several leaders at Massachusetts Brockton High School are asking for major help to quell the violence among students on their campus. This is a high school. And, and you know who they're calling? Are, are you ready for this? Are you ready for this? They're calling the National Guard because violence has gotten so out of hand at a high school. Well, this may be a breaking point here in Brockton. Now several school committee members were saying the violence here at the high school has gotten so bad, they're asking the state to step in. A call for military support to wow. monitor students at Brockton High School. Four members of the Brockton School Committee authoring this letter asking the governor to deploy the National Guard to help restore order and prevent what they describe as a potential tragedy. The document states that over the past few months, the high school has experienced a disturbing increase in violence, security concerns, and substance abuse. wonder how many children of illegals are going there. Abuse now reaching a critical point. A spokesperson for Governor Mora Healy's office responding Sunday night saying, quote, our administration is committed to ensuring that schools are safe and our administration is committed. How many times do you have to hear that nonsense when they screw up? They say, oh, but we are really committed to it. We are really and we want us create a safe and well, why haven't you? environments for students, educators and staff. We are aware of concerns raised about Brockton High School and are in touch with local officials. Uh, how, how, how have you allowed this to happen? It really is just honestly ridiculous. And by the way, in Denver, they are going to be cutting all sorts of uh, all sorts of programs because they need $180 million to uh, take care of illegals. Yeah, Mayor Mike Johnson has asked every agency in the city to submit budget proposals, total of eight, $180 million bucks. So you're paying taxes, and now they're cutting your services to give them to people who are illegal. How's that? And they even uh, suggested they cut money from the election office just in time for the election. I wonder why they would want to do that. Denver's mayor is getting pushback on his call for shared sacrifice to address the migrant crisis. The elected Why do we need to sacrifice when you're the one who created the bloody problem? Official who runs Denver's elections says he will not comply with the budget cuts requested by the mayor. Not during an election year. Here's Mark Salinger. <laughs> the cuts that are being asked of my office 
in a year like this and 2024 with what we're up against is absolutely unacceptable. In a city that's asking every department to cut its budget, Denver clerk and recorder Paul Lopez says his office... Are they cutting your taxes too, Denver? ...will not comply. We're not going to participate in any kind of budget cuts. It's 2024. We have a presidential election. Lopez says Mayor Mike Johnston asked him to cut nearly a million dollars out of his budget to help the city pay for the cost of the migrant crisis. Johnston has said the city is short $180 million this year, putting the blame on the more than 40,000 migrants who've arrived in Denver. Um, the president's policy caused that, and all you should do is tell the president to shut the border, not beg for more money from the federal government to further... Uh, to further inconvenience and victimize your population with crime, uh, like in New York City. Mayor Adams, all he cares about is getting more money to inconvenience you. Same way with the mayor of Denver, same way with the, uh, you know, the governor of New York, same way with the mayor of uh, Chicago. They just want more federal money. They could give a rat's behind how your life is descending into the pits of hell. That's just it. That's just, that's just it. And that's why so many people are saying, I'm done with it. Absolutely done with it. Let's take a break and come back. This is the Rob Carson Show. Your 100% safe and effective vaccine against the stupid is the Rob Carson Show. I read a note from uh, a listener who remained unnamed, and he said that his disability snap had been uh, cut from uh, near $300 to uh, $3 a day, $3 a day. I thought I said $3 a day. Loaf of bread is $5 a day. Yeah, you understand. You understand. I got another one from my uh, my friend, uh, Mr. Barry. Maryland has the highest ER wait time of any other U.S. state. They The wait times are so high due to illegals going to the ER for everything from major health issues to sniffles. Meanwhile, tax-paying and bill-paying Maryland sit in the hospital ER waiting rooms for hours, waiting to be seen as their condition worsens. And by the way... We know that uh, illegals are being moved ahead of veterans at VA hospitals. They are. The veterans care is being put off six months a year at times so that uh, illegals can be taken care of. I had a study on that about a couple weeks ago, by the way. A couple weeks ago, uh, Pastor Jack Gibbs, Calvary, Cavalry, not it, no, it's Calvary. It's not Calvary. Calvary. Of course it's Calvary. Chapel, a, uh, a church in Chino Hills, California, uh, did a prayer in front of Congress a couple weeks ago. Hibbs is a theological, theological and political conservative, and, uh, and he delivered a, uh, a, uh, a prayer before the, uh, the House got into session. Apparently, it's really ticked off a bunch of Democrats. They've signed, uh, a 26 House Democrats signed a, uh, uh, a letter saying that Hibbs uh, was an ill-qualified hate preacher who is pushing a Christian nationalist agenda. Uh, here's a little bit of the pastor's prayer. And, and the problem is that it holds the, uh, the idiots in charge in Washington, D.C. account for uh, what they've done to us. That this nation and its unparalleled constitution, your great gift to all freedom-loving people, might be renewed here and across this land as a beacon of hope to all who seek peace. I ask you today, Father, to bring to us a great awakening of righteousness and confidence in you. 
By the way, that is happening right now. That's why we know about all the corruption in Washington, D.C. There is a great awakening to the to the uh, the DHS shutting down our ability to express ourselves and having another opinion to the January the 6th hostages that have been in jail in prison for a thousand days without a trial. Who alone is mighty to save. Hear my cry in this hour of great need that we might be humbly blessed before you in the repentance of our national sins. A repentance of our national sins. Now, of course, the left would say, the sins of slavery and white supremacy. That's not what he's talking about. You, almighty God, are the source of all wisdom, Mm -hmm. and there is no wisdom but that which comes from you. So please come upon those here who are the stewards over the business of our nation. I'm not hearing anything radical yet. With your wisdom. Yeah which comes from above yes yes and with your holy fear knowing that your coming day of judgment draws near uh oh that's what the democrats are afraid of when all who have been and are now in authority will answer to you uh oh the great judge of heaven uh oh and of earth for the decisions that they make here in this place <laughs> i offer this prayer to you father in the name of jesus christ our son your son and our crucified Savior and resurrected Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. I guess he's asking God for uh, retribution for people who would use their position and power to abuse the people. And Democrats don't like that. <laughs> Too bad, so sad. We know what side you're on and whose side we're on. Let's take a break and come back. This is The Rob Carson Show. Web. This is The Rob Carson Show. This is the last hour of the Rob Carson Show on this, uh, what, it's Tuesday. It's Tuesday. The number is 800-922-6680. Okay, uh, Afghan veterans, you better sit down for this one. As though you haven't suffered enough indignities. After 20 years of blood and treasure, after limbs and arms and eyesight were taken, after people come home with... PTSD and profound injuries that last them the rest of their lives. New reports, this is from John Solomon. Two reports released just days apart are providing stark new evidence of the lasting consequences of Joe Biden's bungled withdrawal from Afghanistan. A resurgence in Al-Qaeda training camps across Afghanistan. Yeah, yeah. John Sopko, the U.S. Special Inspector General for Afghanistan Reconstruction, reported a few days after the U.N. report was issued that the United States accounted for all but 300 million of the 2.9 billion in humanitarian aid sent to the Taliban since the withdrawal of Afghan troops. Guess what they spent it on? (laughs) Yeah. Training camps for al-Qaeda across Afghanistan. I would imagine it's very difficult to feel like your sacrifices were not in vain. They weren't. You did what you had to do and what you thought was right. And we have a, a very awful human being who has bungled everything he has ever touched since going to Washington, D.C. 50 years ago. I'll have more on this uh, later. Moron being the operative word. Moron. Elon Musk has been nominated for a Nobel Peace Prize by a Norwegian MP who praises him for being a stout proponent of free speech. I'm going to tell you right now that... You could not say some of the things you are able to say today on social media or in public if it weren't for Elon Musk. 
Elon Musk, before Elon Musk, I could not say on social media that I thought that the 2020 election was rigged. I still am limited on Facebook. They, uh, they shut me down. No monetization for me on Facebook. I get no reach on Facebook at all because they shut me down. They took down my one page right after the day after the election. Didn't even post anything. They took it away. But you wouldn't be able to say anything about COVID. Maybe you say, I don't know. I know somebody who had a vaccine injury. You could not say any of that before Elon Musk bought Twitter and exposed all of it. All of it, including the federal government's involvement in censoring our speech. So Elon Musk deserves the Nobel Prize for the last, well, at least this century. Number one. Number one in my book as far as freedom of speech. There is nobody who's been more powerful for freedom of speech since our founding than Elon Musk. Uh, uh, How do I know this? Because I've witnessed it. I've seen it. I've seen it. I've, I've, I'm mad about it. You should be mad about it. The left doesn't understand what it's like to have your ability to express yourself taken from you. But the left has been in charge of Hollywood and entertainment, and I can go on and on for decades. And they've never had to deal with conservative apartheid, which is what you and I have had to deal with, and the pedal to the metal of the last three years. So Elon Musk is uh, nominated for a Nobel Peace Prize, and he should win, and he should win. i got to play this again. Jim Gossett came up with this this morning because Kathy Hochul uh, said that uh, now that they got Donald Trump to the tune of $400 million for uh, a victimless crime, that uh, they aren't going to go after any other businesses in New York. So you need to continue to do business in New York. And, uh, and businessmen and women are saying, uh, you know what, I think we're done. Because, uh, A, you just admit it, this was political. And, B, now that Donald Trump has been taken down, according to you, then I would assume you could go after others who disagree with you as well. And so people are going to say, I think we're done with New York. We're done with New York. And now there is a trucker strike. There are truckers who are saying, listen, if I can't have my candidate, if people in New York and in power are going to take away my candidate by doing this, then we're not going to feed them. We're not going to feed you. We're not going to bring food to you anymore. Medicine, building supplies. This is Jim Gossett. Yeah, Breaker 1-9, this here's the bag of duck. You got a copy of me, Big Pen? Come on. Yeah, we're making this little wow. detour past the Woo! Big Apple, if you know what I mean, good buddy. Yeah, we definitely got the front door. Mercy's sakes alive. Looks like we got us a Trump convoy. Truck drivers are mad because it's really sad what New York did to Trump. So we got together, hell bent for leather, and vowed to stay out of that dump. New York will never see my rig. I'm staying out of that town. It's a safe bet that we won't go back till Letitia James goes down. We got a great big convoy joining our boycott. New York City will never see anything we got. Come on and join our convoy. Let's make New York pay. We won't drive our truck there. We're going to stay away. We'll get you on the flip-flop, Big Ben, and here's the Magan Duck, over and out. There you go. That is brand new from Jim Gossett. If you want to hear it again, you can uh, tune into the podcast of the show. We do it every day. My producer, Ken, a.k.a. Redneck MacGyver, puts together a two-part podcast every single day. And all you got to do is go to uh, Newsmax.com slash listen if you would like to uh, listen to the podcast. And if you go to Apple uh, Podcasts, just give me a five-star review. That would be really cool. I would really appreciate it. Really, 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 really would. So... 
This is uh, this is kind of good news. Um, green tyrants get horrible news as finance giants pull out of uh, pull out left and right. Uh, the announcement came uh, last week. Investments giants uh, J.P. Morgan Chase and State Street have pulled out of the world's largest coalition of groups waging financial war on fossil fuels as a sign that even spineless bankers can find a backbone if they're pushed too hard, according to Reuters. J.P. Morgan and State Street have made the move to quit the group Climate Action 100 Plus on Thursday. At the same time, BlackRock, who, by the way, should be... um, deregulated when Donald Trump is the president. They need to bust up that company altogether. The world's largest investment manager transferred its membership in Climate Action 100 Plus to its international arm. According to the New York Times, the decision totaled a hit worth $14 trillion to Climate Action 100 Plus. I love this because uh, Climate Action 100 Plus is a fraud. Yeah, it's a total fraud. It's always been a lie. And, and, if it, and if it were true that the ocean levels were rising because of global warming, climate change, ozone hold, murder hornets, a- acid rain, then why are so many of the rich people in the Climate Action 100 Plus buying seaside properties like Barack Obama? But why? 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 Because they're playing you, or at least they used to be playing you. So anyway, uh, a coalition that aimed to use its environmental, social, and corporate governance metrics, ESG, in corporate woke shorthand to decide what money goes in the investment world. And investors are realizing it's a crap shoot. No, it's a crap. It's worse than shoot. It's it's shoot spelled with an I. But the implications of the moves might even be bigger since they show not only fractures in the climate nuts coalition, they also show the majority the major monetary institutions haven't turned themselves solely into subsidiaries of green ink because it doesn't pay. The Washington Times, according to the Washington Times, J.P. Morgan and State Street cited a demand announced by Climate Action 100 Plus last year that it wanted members to disclose more details about their investment decisions. Yeah. In other words, it was tightening the reins on some of the wealthiest, most powerful corporations in the world to try to force them into ever greater compliance with the green agenda. They claim such closures would threaten fiduciary duties. Fiduciary duties means an asset management firm must make its top priority the best interests of its investors, letting the radicals from Climate Action 100 Plus pour over their books and analyze decisions in light of their supposed harm to the environment, which essentially be surrendering crucial independence. That's what they want to do. They want to take over everything. And people are realizing, A, it's a bad investment, B, it's fraud, and C, they just want control. According to the Washington Times, Climate Action 100 Plus was founded in 2017. Its stated goal is to ensure the world's largest corporate greenhouse gas emitters take necessary action on climate change. Even though climates change. Every spring. It's going through it right now. Do you know it's weird? Because uh, climate change has caused the buds on the silver maple in my front yard to start to pop. Isn't that weird what climate change does? It's kind of funny. The Biden administration is considering delaying the switch to electric vehicles. Well, that's weird. That is just odd. Everybody's telling me that EVs are growing and kicking butt and everything. And it's kind of weird because I go to the car dealerships that I, I, you know, I used to work at a car dealership for three years. I became an expert on electric vehicles, by the way. Three years of training, went to sessions, drove cars and everything. Yeah, 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 I know. I'm an expert on it. That's why I think all the things in my life happened for the reason they brought me here. I was really poor for a while so I can understand 
how it is to live today in America when you're working a job that doesn't cover the bills. And I had to sell cars for three years. I became an expert on EVs and how little Americans want them. Isn't that a remarkable what happens when you work in the business? <laughs> the Biden administration is expected to loosen its rules for the country to uh, switch to electric vehicles. The New York Times first reported this on Saturday. The EPA changed in its uh, proposed rules would implement less stringent requirements for vehicle pollution in the short term, effectively allowing car manufacturers to have a smaller percentage of the fleet be electric in 2030 than under the Biden administration's initial proposal. You know why? Because a lot of these cars are just going to end up in the landfill because nobody wants them. Yeah. EV sales made up 7% of the market last year. That pales in comparison to the Biden administration's future projections, which anticipate EVs making as much as two-thirds of sales by 2032. The uh, UAW finally endorsed Biden last month after months of politically challenging the president and warning about pursuing a switch to EVs too quickly. Um, you guys who are supporting um, Joe Biden and you work for the UAW, you're sealing your own doom because all of the parts that they make for, elect- for, for gas cars, all the engines, all the manifolds, all, the, all the, uh, the engine blocks, all of the transmissions, everything stops. All of your factories close. All of your plants close. Everybody in the chain to a car manufacturer like General Motors or, or Ford, go out of business. You lose your job, carburetor makers. It's over for you. Do you understand it? Yeah. That's what happens. That's what happens. And then, and then there's this. Uh, this is the hidden cost of owning an EV. The, the hidden cost of owning an EV. You know, you're thinking, hey, man, I can just plug my car in the whole deal. But apparently it's a little more expensive than you think. I mean, you just drive them. It's like a glorified golf cart. But even though Mo loves his glorified golf carts and says he has no problem insuring his Teslas through State Farm, his experience might not be the norm. The A News Now investigators asked Carl Cook of Cook Insurance Group in Las Vegas to run some numbers. And as Cook predicted when we sat down together in his office... This is 8 News Now in Vegas. This, the Tesla insurance is far more expensive... I got a lot of people living in Nevada because we got a bunch of stations across the entire state... ...than other top automakers. Can you tell me something that the insurance people have said to you that does not bode well for the Tesla owner? Yeah, it's going to be expensive to insure. What? At our request, Cook quoted insurance rates for a number of popular vehicles on the road today. And at $7,417 for the year, the 2023 Tesla Model X is $1,100 more expensive than number two on his list, the 2023 Ford Escape. What? But two other popular sedans at the bottom of the list are thousands less. That would be including the Toyota Camry. Both pricing out at just over 4400 bucks. Some insurers won't even look at electric vehicles without requiring pre-approval or a two-weeks waiting period beforehand. Cook says it's for good reason. And a lot of folks in the market for an electric vehicle like a Tesla might not have done the math on these hidden costs. Well, what are those hidden costs? The hidden costs with owning any EV would be that of insurance, repairs, and God forbid there's any damage. And in this town, you're going to have some damage. Cook says that damage on an electric vehicle can be considerably more substantial because of all the computers and sensors, bells and whistles, in, on, and around the entire car that don't exist on your father's Oldsmobile. Now, by the way, um, also car dealerships have to spend an average of $300,000 just to have a facility to fix EVs. Then they got to go through all the training and everything, and that's why they're saying, hey, you know what, we're not going to do this. Again, I'm not against EVs. 
I think they're delightful little commuter cars, but they will never be the workforce of our fleet. That's just the way it is, all right? Hybrids are a better bet. Always been a big fan. Let's take a break and come back. This is the Rob Carson Show. Love me some Led Zeppelin. So we're talking about EVs and, and uh, you know, listen, if you got an EV, uh, great. I remember I uh, eight years ago, I there's a guy I know locally, and, and he had a Tesla. He took me for a test drive, and I was like, holy my God. He had this giant thing that looked like an iPad right in the middle of the uh, the dash, and, and uh, I mean, zero to 60 in like two seconds. It was unbelievable. <clears throat> it's unbelievable. Um, you know, but like I said, they're uh, th- uh, highly limited, and, and the cold winter this year proved to us that uh, they are very temperamental at, at, at least. It's uh, interesting because America's uh, lithium and nickel producers begin mass layoffs and pause the multi-billion dollar projects as U.S. says no to electric vehicle push. Ford has slashed 1,400 jobs from its once-promising uh, lithium factory in Michigan, while General Motors laid off uh, nearly 1,000 workers at its plants in Detroit with the promise that employees would be rehired in 2025. On average, it takes carmakers three weeks longer to sell an electric vehicle than a standard gas vehicle. As a result, companies, including General Motors, were forced to slow the expansion of EV development and battery production plants, even as they made new promises to open more production plants in the next few years. Uh, Mary Barra, the chairman of CEO and CEO of General Motors, said that uh, GM has 100,000 reservations for EV pickups for this year. In an X, but expressed the caveat that if demand for EG changes, the company will instead look to building more internal combustion engine vehicles. They don't have 100,000 people waiting for an EV pickup. They don't. Because people who drive pickups don't want electric pickups. I'm sorry. This is the way it is. Now, this is kind of interesting, though. Because uh, China goes to Africa to enslave children to get all the, uh, the metals needed for batteries. Well, it just so happens that the United States could soon surpass China as the world leader in rare earth minerals after 2.34 billion metric tons were discovered in Wyoming. We also have more natural gas than we could use in hundreds of years, and Joe Biden just put a a stop on it. Because he's being a D-word for Richard. Because he doesn't like what Texas is doing to his open border. So he just said, oh, you know what? I know it's the safest, cleanest uh, burning fuel in the world, but we're just going to go ahead and punish the nation's natural gas producers because I'm being a D-word for Richard. American Rare Earths, Inc. announced that the reserves near Wheatland dramatically surpassed the Asian nation's 44 million metric tons. So we have 2.3 billion metric tons. They have 44 million tons. It is exceeding our wildest dreams after drilling only about 25% of the property. The company has a stake in 367 mining claims across 6,320 acres in uh, Wyoming. We've got more lithium than we could ever use. The types of materials at the site are used in smartphones, hybrid car motors, and military technologies. We don't need China. That's the good news. China's been abusing us. Now they're coming in the southern border wholesale. Tens of thousands, military-age males from China. When Donald Trump is president again, we can tell China to stick it. If we survive that long, as much as 95% of processed rare earth minerals come from China, and the U.S. imports 74% of its supply from China, and now with this discovery, we can tell China to stick it. There you go. I think that's a pretty good idea, right? Right? And also, you know, Joe Biden has invested $39 billion into chip manufacturers in the United States. 
Well, apparently, uh, it's already facing setbacks. Building chip factories extremely expensive, complicated, and time-consuming, require thousands of construction workers and billions of dollars of equipment. According to the New York Times, Intel is bidding $20 billion on two Ohio factories, but they are now slated for completion in 2026 instead of 2025. Here's the problem. Whenever the government mandates something or whenever the government decides it's going to spend its money rather than letting the private sector do it on its own, using its own venture capital, eventually it is going to be doomed for failure almost 100% of the time. Anybody remember Solyndra? Anybody remember the $867 billion that Barack Obama promised to spend on shovel-ready projects, most of them green energy? Here's what you need to know about Democrats' shovel-ready projects. When the Democrats say a project is shovel-ready, you'd better have your shovel-ready because you're going to be shoveling a lot of crap because that's what they just sold you. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. So coming up, an Illinois uh, town of Dalton has a mayor who dresses up like a drug kingpin for city council meetings and brings a DJ. Yeah, yeah. And then also, a hospital saying hormone-filled milk from trans women is just as good as mother's milk is uh, getting a little pushback. That's coming up. This is the Rob Carson Show. We have a special guest coming up in a moment. Dr. Shea Bradley Farrell, she's written a book called Last Warning to the West, Hungary's Triumph Over Communism and the Woke Agenda. So many countries are going in this direction. The United States seems to be bringing up the rear, but hopefully we will succeed. That's in one second. A new groundbreaking study, global study on 99 million vaccinated people, reveals increases in neurological blood and heart conditions associated with COVID-19 vaccines. Well, that's disinformation. Yeah. Some of the countries in the study, Denmark, New Zealand, Argentina, Canada, Finland, Australia, Australia, Scotland. It's like they almost lied to us about it, right? Isn't it? Isn't it kind of like that? Yeah. Maybe this is why the uh, uh, great doctors were driven out of the profession by the left when they tried to tell the truth. Like uh, Dr. Peter McAuliffe, who said, hey, man, hydroxychloroquine works really well as a prophylaxis for COVID. Okay, you're done. So Dr. Peter McAuliffe left uh, mainstream ma- medicine and created the wellness company. And now you can get the medicines that the people you, you once trusted for medical advice, like, you know, uh, Dr. Fauci created the wellness company so you can get the medicines that the government said didn't work even though they did. Yeah. They got an emergency medical kit, and all you got to do is go to twc.health/carson. fill out a brief questionnaire to find out what meds you're on, what medical conditions you have, And then you can get the medicines you'll need in case of an emergency, which inevitably is going to happen this year. You can feel it. So, again, go to twc.health slash Carson. The wellness company, right? Dot health slash Carson. Twc.health slash Carson. You're going to get ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, ZPAC, amoxicillin, among other meds that you may or may not be able to get if the supply, supply chain does a face plant like it did in 2020. And it will. Twc.health slash Carson. Twc.health slash Carson. Joining us on the Newsmax Hotline, Dr. Shea Bradley Farrell, author of The Last Warning to the West, Hungary's Triumph Over Communism and the Woke Agenda. Welcome to the show, Doctor. Thanks for joining us today. Hey, thank you so much for having me. 
So, you know, the United States, we keep hearing these great things like what Viktor Orban has done in Hungary. We hear what great things that Javier Millet is doing in, in Argentina. We hear about the uh, the new prime minister in Spain is doing a kick-butt job, and, and, and the United States seems to be doing the opposite. And we're waiting for our moment. Uh, yeah, what, what, is, what, what, is, what has happened that is so good in Hungary, and why hasn't it happened here yet? Well, uh, let me start by telling you this, Rob, why I even wrote the book, Last Warning to the West, because it'll answer your question. Uh, when I started going over there doing my research, the thing that stood out to me over and over again is that Hungarians were telling me that the rhetoric coming out of the United States, especially with the Biden administration and our media, reminded them of their Soviet days. They were under occupation by the Soviet Union for 46 years, only got out from under in 1991. And uh, they, you know, they pushed the Soviet Union out eventually. Of course, there are a lot of events that happened around the world that lent to that. But Prime Minister Viktor Orban was one of the revolutionaries at that time uh, fighting for freedom. And they know how to fight communism. And according to them, and I did the research to prove what they said is true, you know, what we are dealing with today, the so-called progressivism, is right out of the playbook of, of Marxism. In fact, what you were talking about in the uh, commercial break, uh, the, the COVID control, where we were told what to think, what to do, um, you know, vaccine mandates, or you'd be canceled, or you'd lose your job. That's right out of the playbook of uh, communist psychological warfare, using a crisis for control. And you can yeah. find all 11 points of those in my book. And the book is called The Last Warning to the West, Hungary's Triumph Over Communism and the Woke Agenda. Now, I have discovered years ago, when I, well, all of a sudden, I remember three years ago, I started hearing this word about my opinion, and it was disinformation. And I'm like, wait a minute, I, I, my opinion, I'm guaranteed my opinion, even if my opinion is wrong. And it wasn't wrong, by the way. But I, I was like, disinformation, that's what we, disinformation, where'd that come from? Then I did a little bit of research, and nobody in the American media has ever looked at this. Did you realize that Joseph Stalin in 1923 coined the term disinformatia because he wanted to have a westernized word for censorship that wouldn't be frightening, and he created a department of disinformation, as did the DHS and Alejandro Mayorkas. So that kind of sounds like uh, what you were saying, taking things out of the despot's playbook, whether it be Stalin or whether it be Mao, all of those things are at play right now in the United States. Rob, you hit the nail on the head, man. That's exactly right. Yes, I did know that. A lot of people don't know that that word actually comes out of the communist playbook. And another one of those communist psychological warfare points is, is just that. It's building a body that you control, the government controls, to spread your narrative. <laughs> now, we see that going on in America as well today. You know, they have even tried to control people through social media, what they can say and what they can do and what they can't do. And here's the interesting thing about those psychological warfare points of communism. Our Department of Defense wrote those in 1959 uh, about what, you know, we should be working against and what we should fear. And, uh, you know, every, you read them in the book. Every single one of them applies to what's going on in America today. 
So what has Orban done to make Hungary more like what America used to be? I mean, you've got these kind of Trump-esque kind of looking uh, alpha males uh, <laughs> leading these countries back from the brink of communism. What has Orban done that, that has made the country a much more livable place? Well, first of all, he got them out of the debt that the socialism of the communists put them into. He started uh, basing their constitution on the people, on freedom, and also on family. And that's exactly what they are pushing back with the EU right now. The EU is just as progressive as the Biden administration, if not more. And I'm, I'm doing air quotes when I say progressive because I don't believe it's progressive at all. It takes the society backwards. But there's three issues that they have to fight, just like the conservatives do in, in America. Um, first of all, they don't want radical gender theory in their schools. The EU pushes it on them and has actually sanctioned them because they would not do that. And, and we're talking about the people. They did a people's referendum. The people didn't want it. Orban said, we're not taking it. Um, they actually put in their constitution that a man is the father and a woman is the mother. You know, go figure. Second yeah. thing is illegal immigration. They don't want that. And the third thing is that they believe that we are putting too much money into enabling a war in Ukraine, and they want to see it stop. I mean, they have a border there with Ukraine. I've been in the Ukrainian Refugee Center there, and, you know, over 400,000 have died at this point. Now, how uh, did Orban push back against the left? Because right now, you've got the left in this country going after Donald Trump for political indictments, an outrageous uh, and unprecedented and unlawful settlement in a verdict in New York uh, to the tune of about a half a billion dollars. Donald Trump can't even appeal the verdict unless he comes up with that amount of money. This is a third world, dictatorial, Stalinistic tactics, and we are knee deep in it right now. How did Orban dig the country out of that? Well, um, I, let me say this. One thing about those Trump indictments that hit me while I was over there learning about the communists, the communism of the Soviets, uh, also the fascism of, of the Nazis. They also occupied uh, Hungary at a point. But I believe that what Trump is going through is just like their show trials. A historian was uh, explaining to me about the show trials. I was down in this dungeon where the uh, communists would, uh, you know, kill, detain, um, torture their political opponents. And he told me about the show trials, taking people who were not guilty of anything at all and putting them on trial. And I said, well, why do I have to do that? I can see they could kill them and torture them right here. And he said, the point, Shay, is that they could make the public think that they're guilty. So that's one thing. They know how to fight back against that. But, you know, Orban has used lawfare, turned it right back around on the EU in different ways and said, well, these are actually the rules in our treaties. You need to follow them. And they haven't succeeded in everything yet because the EU is still withholding money back from Hungary that is right, right, rightfully theirs. But they have used like the power of veto over certain um, votes that they had that they didn't want to do. So they ended up either getting what they wanted or they got a waiver from whatever it was. So I think it's a lot of different ways. But, you know, the point is he has the the uh, the support of the people behind him. So I don't understand, you know, if they're a sovereign state, if, if the people are saying something, then the sovereign will of the people have spoken. They're a Christian society. They've been a Christian country for a thousand years. 
And, you know, they need to be respected in what they believe as well. Well, I think that uh, what we are facing right now, and I'm, I'm a student of history, uh, the first year that I graduated from college, the uh, Berlin Wall fell and Tiananmen Square happened. They were two different responses to the same despotism. Uh, right. The uh, Berlin Wall fell without firing a shot. The Tiananmen Square looked at the same freedom movement, essentially, squarely in the face and decided to turn off the lights and murder everybody. So those are the two ways that... Uh, that, that those two countries went in 1989, and and I predict that we are going to have a Berlin Wall movement in this country, and I think it will resound around the world. What do you think about that? Well, in what way do you mean exactly, Rob? I think that's interesting. I mean that people, I mean that people rising up against these totalitarians who would do things like restrict speech, which they did in the Soviet Union, yeah. restrict movement. I can go on and on and on. And they, yeah. the people, stood there on that wall, and it collapsed like a paper tiger. China yeah. did not allow that movement to go forward. They simply did not care about bloodshed. They turned off the lights. They turned on their censorship machine, and they washed the bodies into the into the uh, the drainage ditches in Tiananmen Square. And I believe that uh, uh, despots would do that, but I, I believe we're going to see a peaceful turn away from this despotism because the people have had enough. And I don't think yeah. there are enough people on the side of the left to, to take us on, to be quite honest. I, I agree with you, Rob. That is exactly what I, why I do what I'm doing. You know, I, I go to uh, Capitol Hill with Counterpoint Institute, my organization, and fight the, the left craziness that's going on there some of it you wouldn't even believe and uh you know coming on shows like yours to try to spread the news i believe the more americans understand what's really going on and they have the tools to articulate the argument uh, and they'll get out there and vote and do the right thing and stand up to the truth i, I do too i just can't stop believing that the majority of americans still believe in constitutional principles and i think you're right and you alluded to this in the beginning, all around the world, we're seeing like a populist uprising. Um, Prime Minister is conservative in Italy. You know, the German farmers that have had enough with socialism, the farmers in the <laughs> Netherlands and even in uh, yep. France, Javier Mille in Argentina. I mean, that country was under socialism for over 100 years. So people are fed up. I, I agree. So I think we need to get together and uh, strategize better because the left man they're good at strategy and you know for example nikki haley today in her rhetoric uh with trump i think that we are too divided in the right part in the uh, on the right in the republican party and we need to get together so we're a better unified force Amen. And here's what I say. I say 77% of us believe the country's headed in the wrong direction. 77% of us can come together to save her. I really do believe that. And that includes Democrats and Republicans, liberals and conservatives. Uh, Dr. Shea Bradley Farrell, the book is called Last Warning to the West, Hungary's Triumph Over Communism and the Woke Agenda. Sounds like a great read. And I've enjoyed this conversation today. Where can people find you on social media? Thanks so much, Rob. Uh, at Dr. Shea underscore DC on both Twitter and Instagram or at Counterpoint DC on Instagram and, uh, excuse me, Twitter and Instagram. And uh, go to counterpointinstitute.org, sign up for a newsletter, only comes out like twice a month, and you can get the book on Amazon. And I I'd love to have uh, feedback from everybody. So thanks All so right. much for having me.
Hey, I appreciate your uh, phone, your uh, your time today, Doctor, and uh, we we will be celebrating. I, I, we will be celebrating very soon. I appreciate. It. Thanks for calling. Thanks. All right, let's go. Don't stop believing. Hold on to that feeling. That's what I say. Don't stop believing. Hold on to that feeling. On Twitter, what trucker convoy is uh, is once again? It's been trending for twenty four hours. I, I really hope th- this isn't going to go out anytime soon. Uh, and I'm going to tell you, if you've been looking for an answer to uh, what is happening uh, against Donald Trump and against uh, the citizenry, maybe this is it. Maybe this is our uh, shining moment. The truckers tried to drive into Washington, D.C. like they did in Ottawa. And in Ottawa, they arrested them. They, they, they took away their money. Uh, they, they, uh, they lost their jobs. And it was just the, the Supreme Court in Canada discovered that that Ottawa trucker, the way the, the government went after him, was unconstitutional. In Washington, D.C., they tried it over a year ago. They drove into Washington, D.C., and the police would not let the trucks exit into D.C. This is our country. We have the right to self-expression. We have the First Amendment backed up by the Second Amendment. Thank you very much. This is not going to end well for any despot, particularly those in our government right now. It won't end well for those in power. Let's take a break and come back. This is the Rob Carson Show. So check this out. 24,000 truckers have signed up and said that they support the boycott of New York City because of the verdict against Donald Trump. Truckers for Trump. Here's one of them. Hey, Patriots, this is Trucker Jake. End of a long day. Um, I'm tired, but I had to make a video. And thank you all so much for being a part of this family. 24,000 new MAGA brothers and sisters in just the past two days. I tell you what, we have been praying for this. And, you know, when God answers the prayer, he sure doesn't mess around, right? So, welcome to the family. My name is Trucker Jake. God bless President Trump. God bless MAGA America. Y'all have yourself a great night. There you go. 24,000 people expressing support for boycotting New York state and city for their weaponized Justice Department where they would elect a uh, an AG who is just promising to go after a law-abiding citizen and they find a judge to find a crime and then fine them, tax them, attempt to tax them out of existence. They're going to burn for it. And I'm, I'm talking figuratively. You know, as, as though New Yorkers have been through enough already, right? But now the people are saying, we had enough. Are you going to try and take our candidate away? We're done. Listen to Harriet Hegeman. I just found this this morning. Listen to what she has to say, talking about illegal immigration. And the Statue of Liberty, this is just beautiful oratory. I always find it interesting that the folks on the other side of the aisle talk about the Statue of Liberty. What I'd like to point out is that the Statue of Liberty is just that it is a statue. It is not a statute. What? Uh, It does not carry the force and effect of law, regardless of what may be written on the base of that beautiful statue. But we are not a nation of immigrants. We are a nation of citizens. I am not an immigrant. I am a citizen of the United States of America. And if you are going to talk about the rule of law, it must include adherence to our immigration laws and respect for our border. Yep. You cannot talk about the rule of law and at the same time allow tens of thousands and millions of people to cross into our country illegally in violation of the law. They are not the same thing. I always- there you go. That is uh, 
That's really good. I mean, wow. You know, when you look at the dolts they have in Congress, like AOC, <laughs> you know, they really have some dolts in Congress. Maxine Waters, dear God in heaven, what a just, I mean, really, derpy, derpy do. Uh, I could go on and on and on, but she said that we are, we are, uh, it's not a statute. We're not ruled by the Statue of Liberty. We are ro- ruled by statutes. And we are all uh, sons of immigrants by and large. I mean, we are. Uh, my family uh, came from Europe, I guess. I just discovered them like five years, six years ago. And we all came after the turn of the century, settled in southwest Iowa. Germans, English, uh, you know. And we built the country. We built the country. Yeah, absolutely, we built the country. And, and we've always been a nation of immigrants, but we are also a nation of laws. I thought that was really beautiful. Uh, if you get a chance to download the podcast today, because I think it's a big one. It's a good one. We've got some new uh, satire on it, some great commentary, some great calls, guests, all of that. Newsmax.com slash listen. All right? Newsmax.com slash listen. And share it with others, because this show is growing by leaps and bounds. Let's take a break and come back, wrap things up. This is The Rob Carson Show. That's going to do it for the show today, guys. Thank you for uh, joining me. I hope you uh, got a lot out of the show. Again, the uh, podcast very easy to find. Just go to Newsmax.com slash listen. If you're going to Apple Podcasts, leave a five-star review. I'd really appreciate it. God bless you. God bless America. God bless Israel. Until tomorrow, uh, don't catch the stupid. I'll see you then.